Hey there, I'm Jess Jordana, copywriter and brand messaging strategist for online business owners and your host of the Feel Wealthy Show, the podcast that has basically nothing to do with any of that, but also everything to do with it at the same time. See, all of us listening are pursuing some version of more. Maybe it's why you started your business, or maybe it's why you find yourself constantly dreaming, what if? But in this pursuit of more, I've found that we're absolutely starving for examples of those of us who are soaking in, celebrating, or even just noticing the more that we hold right now. I believe you can have it all, and I believe I can too, but real talk, It rarely comes all at once, and quite frankly, magic is easy to miss in the making of it. So on the Feel Wealthy Show, I'm bringing you alongside myself and other successful people as we explore a tangible, concrete meaning of wealth that not only changes our lives, but also changes our days as we practice feeling it now instead of holding out hope for later. Hey, Julie, thanks so much for joining us on the Feel Wealthy Show. I am so, so excited to chat with you today. Thank you. I'm so, so happy to be here. This is so much fun. Yes. So I obviously have spent lots of time with you through your Chic program, through kind of getting to know each other over the past year. But for those of you, for those listening who don't know you, can you give us the lowdown of who you are, kind of how you got here, all that good stuff? Sure. So what I like to say is I went from style less to stylist. <laughs> the confidence that really came along with stepping into my own power through style is what really changed my life. And now is my mission with my business and with my program. And so I am an image consultant who helps women to really elevate their style, but by combining who they are and also what they want for themselves, because there is an intersection there. And just to learn the skill of style and to really build it, to learn how to curate their closet so that every morning getting dressed becomes an enjoyable part of their day instead of a part of their day that they currently feel frustrated with. I love that so much. And I feel like this is a special interview because I have been able to obviously experience all of that myself through what you've taught me and everything. And I just feel like that word enjoyable is so key because I think like a lot of times we think about ways that we want to elevate our life and it feels like, oh, I'll just like push through this thing because I know the results will get me what I want. But I feel like style is something if you do it, in this empowered sort of way, it can be so fun in the process instead of like only being fun once you arrive, which also with style, you never really arrive. I'm sure you could kind of speak to that for us, but it has just been such an enjoyable experience. And I think that's so important for people to think through as we're kind of like starting the year in this like hustle and bustle of goals and ambitions and all of that kind of stuff. It doesn't always have to be pushing yourself into something that's slightly miserable in order to get a better result. There is a way that you can kind of love the process along the way. So yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, I think that 
you know, in terms of that, you know, and I know we're going to talk about like feeling abundant and feeling like in, you know, in the moment and enjoy like that word enjoyable. Like you said, I think everything goes so fast these days that it's, you know, we don't really appreciate the moments because we feel like we're just going from one thing to the next. And so I also think that, you know, in terms of setting the tone for your day, getting dressed is one of those experiences in the morning that I don't think people stop to think about how much it's actually impacting how they are feeling the rest of the day. Because when you have a morning where you're starting feeling frustrated and then you throw on an outfit that you don't feel great in, and then you have to kind of go through your day that way. I remember when I, you know, used to be a teacher in my former career, those days, I would just want to call in sick. I just didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to be in the coffee room. You know, I didn't want to stand in front of a class and teach. And so it can also set the tone in the opposite way where it is, again, that experience that you really take ownership of and the skill of style is never taught anywhere. And so I don't think a lot of women know that it's something you can learn and you can build. And I went from knowing absolutely nothing about it to now, you know, I'm going to be on TV four times as a style expert in the next month, which is wild. So if I can, you know, if I can do it, then, then anyone can. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. And kind of going, I mean, we both have the teacher thing in common going back to when I was in the classroom, I would get dressed and put a lot more effort into my style because I knew so many other people were seeing me. And I think a lot of people listening, a lot of women listening probably have that feeling of like, oh, I work from home nobody's going to see me. What does it matter? And I think that's one of the biggest things I've kind of stepped into in the past year too, is like, it matters because of me, like, because of how it makes me feel, not just because of who's going to see you in your outfit, how you're going to be perceived, all of that. And like how you're going to be perceived is also like online when you're showing up on Instagram or whatever. So I think there is like the past few years, especially a lot of women that I've talked to feel like they've lost their sense of style just because of all of that. Would you agree? Yeah. I think a lot of people in 2020 felt like that where they felt like, Oh, I don't have a reason to get dressed. So why am I? But, you know, especially if you're a mom out there listening, you know, the biggest gift that I gave myself and my kids, I have a daughter and a son as a mom is showing them that, you aren't just taking care of yourself for other people to see you and compliment you. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to start with you and putting how you feel first, because at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself before you can really give to others. And not only that, but then your kids really see the difference in how you're carrying yourself. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that, you know, even this morning, my husband said to me, oh, you look so nice today. And that's mm-hmm. still after 20 years together, it's not for him that I'm doing it, but it's almost an added bonus. It's like a cherry on yes. top when other people notice, because when you start to do that and it becomes just a habit, then that's when other people will start to notice the difference in just how you're, you're feeling and coming across each day. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just about making it a, a habit and 
I think a, a big thing that that people think and going back to, you know, people feeling like they lost their their style, maybe still haven't gotten it back after the pandemic, is that we really fell into this loungewear epidemic too, right? Like loungewear became this thing. And so I think it's really hard for women to feel elevated without, they, you feel like the only way to feel comfortable is in loungewear. And mm -hmm. that is not the case at all. So I think that's also a little mindset tweak that you don't have to be fancy to be dressed and feel good. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm wearing, I don't know if you can see this like jumpsuit that I have. I don't know what's comfier than this. And it's Here's like, yeah. You can put and a whole so, outfit together. And, and here's the way. thing. It's it's so you. And that's mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. that's what it is, right? It's yes. finding those pieces that feel like you. And that's, you know, uh, something that women don't take the time to do, especially because we're, you know, so busy or maybe use this this crutch of saying that we're busy because you just don't really know where to start, you know? Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into a little bit of kind of money mindset talk. So I'm curious, when was the first time that it like struck you and you were like, oh my goodness, I'm like making money on the internet. Like what is happening kind of thing? Yeah. So for me, I think, you know, I went through an intensive stylist and color training online for about a year and a half. But then I flew out to California to do an in-person intensive. And when I, when I, you know, elevated my, my knowledge in my field and then took that and completely revamped my chic program to, you know, closer to what it looks like today. I think that that came along with a big up level in myself and my own style to sort of match where my brand was going. And it was that launch that I remember thinking, holy moly, I had increased my prices. It was so, I mean, I'm talking tremendous jump, mm -hmm. tremendous jump to something that felt really uncomfortable for me. And since, of course, it's only, it's only grown from there, but that first right. big jump. And when I really stepped into my worth and started to, you know, charge in a way that was reflective of that, that launch that I had was my moment where I was like, I looked at my husband, I can just remember it. And I was like, this is, this is, I, I'm able to do this too. All, you know, you look at all these people online and oh, there are all these figures and revenue. And that's a whole other story because I'm not a huge, huge fan of, of right. all of that talk. But that was the moment for me that when I did an up level in myself, that's when I really saw the results sort of come to life. Mm -hmm. When was that? The first launch of your new Sheik program? Yeah, that was, it's a really good question. It was maybe April of 2020. It was like a year and a half ago, I want to say. 2021? Or was it 2022? 2022. Wow. So like super short, like hasn't been that long. And I feel like you have just like taken that. It's not like, okay, how can I say this? I feel like sometimes people pivot and they almost plateau as soon as they pivot because they're like, okay, I need to like study in this. I need to kind of like acclimate or whatever. And you just like went to that pivot and then up leveled within that continuously. And I think that has been so apparent in your own style, but also just in like 
how you present yourself online and the podcast and all of that kind of stuff too. Yeah, I think that a huge piece of this is that maybe a lot of people can't put their finger on is really your self image and how you see yourself and just, you know, embodying that identity and really all of you from, from the inside out, how you're dressing, how you're carrying yourself, because what you're wearing and as a result of that, how you carry yourself is a reflection of how you feel about you. And that's, you know, a hard thing for a lot of people to look in the mirror and say, well, maybe it is reflective of how I'm not feeling so good right now. And, you know, body comes into this and how, you know, we want to just cover up when we don't want to be seen and the negative thought patterns that sort of, you know, fall in our, in our minds and become cyclical as a result. And so what this really is just starting to really see yourself in a new way. And I used my style as a tool to really work from the inside out to do that, which is what I teach now, but it's really that self image piece and seeing yourself before I had that big launch, I started to already see myself in that way. So it's, it felt so good, but I didn't need the result to come in order to have that worth or to feel that. And I think a lot of people get that backwards where they feel like I can't show up in that way if I don't have the result yet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of the time that people are just waiting and waiting for a result to make them feel a certain way when you can really start to feel that way right now before a result. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that honestly was my, my own journey with that was through the feel wealthy list because I had had success in business and was kind of building this brand that really meant something to a lot of people, but I didn't have that belief in myself. Like I was still saying, well, it's not enough or, but it's not like this person or whatever. It doesn't make X amount of money. And so then I had to come back and say, okay, how can I start to feel wealthy, feel abundant, feel enough right now? And I started doing that in really tangible ways because I think a lot of times it's like, okay, feel elevated. You're like sitting, waiting for it to come. And you're like, what does that like really look like? So that's why I love like the style process that you take us through also, because it's so tangible. Like it's so like, okay, you decide this is the image you're going for. Okay. Go to your closet and like make that image happen kind of thing. Um, and I think a lot of us just live in idea in la la land a lot. And then we beat ourselves up when our life doesn't look that way, when we're not actually like taking the actions or anything like that. So, okay. What is one money mindset or money struggle that you've had to face like in this whole journey? I think more so at the beginning, but I do think that this, you know, I think it's a constant for anyone who mm-hmm. has a, you know, who's an entrepreneur as a business they're running and can kind of see other people in their space, whether, you know, for me, I try actually not to follow anyone who, you know, does the style thing that I do, but mm-hmm. follow other entrepreneurs, right. Other people that are, that are online. And so I think, it was a lot of that comparison and I'm not as far along as I should be or, you know, looking at other people and feeling like, why does it look so easy for them? You know, I think now I have a very different, I have a very different mindset mentality. I know a lot more now, a lot more experience than, you know, when I first sort of came onto the scene, but when you're 
you know, starting your own business, it can be so intimidating when you're seeing these numbers thrown out from people. But now I know that what you're not seeing is, you know, how profitable they actually are and what the expenses are. And you don't, you know, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors in that way. But when you don't realize that it can just make you feel bad. Um, So I think that that was my biggest roadblock for a long time was just that comparison game and wondering, you know, if that could ever be me and not necessarily believing that it could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like it's interesting that you say the big shift was kind of like after your training and like your own style elevation and things like that. But what I love about that is that you didn't take that to mean I'm only ever going to be better when I am more educated, it was kind of like you had this core education and then you could do whatever you wanted with it. Because I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm not as good as that person or my business doesn't look like that person. So I need to go get all the credentials that they have or go through all of the experiences that they have. And that's just like impossible and kind of keeps you in this hamster wheel of I have to do more to be enough kind of thing. So what, what would you say is your like definition or vision of abundance or wealth in your life? For me, it's really freedom, you know, freedom Mm -hmm. of, you know, I think about my kids and being able to, you know, give them anything they need when they're young, as it comes up. And I think, being sort of free of anxiety and worry actually, and really being able to sort of be in the moment. And I think that, you know, that is really what it is. It's that freedom to have space to be able to be present. Uh, Cause I think that's, you know, it's, it's hard when we're all so attached to our, our phones these days, you know, uh, but the freedom to be able to travel the way that, you know, the way I want to travel and and really have those sort of elevated experiences, but be present for them. Because I spent a lot of my life feeling very self-conscious, even when I was having those experiences. So I wasn't able to fully be there because I was so in my head about my own insecurities. Mm -hmm. So I think part of this uh, abundance is also just like an abundance of peace of mind and an abundance of confidence in just feeling really secure in yourself. And that allows that, you know, freedom to be where you are and to be able to, you know, have those experiences that are ultimately what life is actually about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's such a powerful thing. You said like being able to give your kids whatever they need, but a lot of times what they need is that lesson, right? Is an example of that, of somebody who teaches them, it's not what you have, it's how you feel about it. And it's like how you feel about yourself in the process, which I think is so powerful. And imagine if we had a whole generation that believed that they would be freaking unstoppable. I can't imagine. So So true. (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. So before we get into what exactly is on your feel wealthy list, I would love for you to share with us a little bit about elevated 
style, we'll say, and because I feel like a lot of people, again, we're in the beginning of the year and our audience is primarily women, except for my dad who listens. But I think that most people are probably thinking, oh, I want to up-level my style this year. And I think what has struck me in learning style with you over the past almost year is that it's more simplicity focused. So can you kind of speak to that in terms of like, how can we elevate our style in a way that's not complicated? Yes. So I think that, you know, this idea of simplicity, something that it feels simple to someone might feel really complicated to someone else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, style really becomes simple when you sort of build the knowledge and know what you're doing, because if you have the right pieces in your closet, you can put together an outfit very simply when you sort of have those principles and that foundation ingrained. So that's the first thing. I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, listening to this, oh, this is supposed to be so simple. Why does it feel so complicated to me? Well, if you don't know yet how to do that and what works for you and how to make, you know, execute the outfit, then don't feel bad about that, right? But know that it can be simple. With that said, here are some great places to start or things to think about. So the first thing is actually pulling back before you go and start buying things that you think are going to make you feel elevated and really thinking about what is your vision for yourself? What is your style? Mm -hmm. And really thinking about what are the things that I love? What do I gravitate towards? I think that in this, you know, influencer society, it becomes really easy to just feel like you're just going to buy the things that are linked because they look cute on someone else or because someone tells you they're trendy. Um, But I think that when we can pull back and say, wait, does this actually align with me? Is this actually something I want? That can be really helpful in sort of stopping those impulse purchases because when you're adding more to your closet, it's not making getting dressed simpler. And a lot of people think that it's just adding to your decision fatigue if you aren't sure how to work with it. The other thing is to start thinking about buying the highest quality that you can afford. We've gotten on this sort of fast fashion roller coaster and buying clothes because you get the dopamine hit when it shows up at your door, which that's a real thing. And so, you know, but when it's just constant fast fashion or these sort of cheap clothes, first of all, you don't feel the same way in, in them. I can actually remember, I think you saying you just, when I think you bought like a nice quality blazer, you're like, it just feels so different. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and yeah. until you really experience that, you're like, wow, I've never even thought about that before. But if you go to, let's say you're in the the next time you're in the mall, I don't know if anyone goes to the mall still these days, but Mm -hmm. go into an H&M, for example, and feel the quality of a lot of the clothing. And you might find, oh, wow, this is actually kind of rough or Mm -hmm. just feel nice on actually feel nice on my skin. You know, I don't think people think about that, but when it's a nice quality, it should actually feel nice on you, which is why I think a lot of people feel they can't be comfortable unless they're in loungewear. Your 
quality clothes will be comfortable because they're one, a nice quality, but also, you know, when they, when they fit you the correct way, but go to an H and M and then go to a higher end department store, go to, go to a Saks, let's just say if it's in the same, you know, shopping mall and then go feel the quality and it will feel different. So I'm not saying go buy all the designer things, but be really particular with the quality that you buy and buy the highest quality you can afford and really raise your standards when it comes to what is coming into your closet. Mm -hmm. And the more you can do that, the more you're going to start to find that you actually enjoy the pieces that you're getting because you're not just buying them mindlessly. And you'll probably want to wear them more instead of just getting sick of something after two, you know, two times you wear it. I can't tell you how many times I've worn this sweater this season. (laughs) And the pants yeah. I'm wearing right now. And yeah. I just, I will wear them over and over and over. And I've paired them with so many different things, but that's when it becomes fun. When you mm-hmm. start to go and play and don't always feel like you need more, because when you feel wealthy and abundant, you actually shop less, right? Yeah. You don't feel like you need to fill this void, which I think when a lot of, when people are impulse shopping, it comes from a place of lack of, I don't have enough, I need more. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're coming from that abundant place, you realize I, I I don't actually need more. And, and so just getting really specific with what you're choosing to invest into, knowing that that's also an investment in your brand mm-hmm. and in how you feel. And it's really an investment into your future self. Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna describe the feeling of the difference in the blazers because I have a cheap blazer and I have a more expensive blazer. And it's like when I put the more expensive one on it, like the weight of it just like, like falls down on my shoulders. And then it just is like on. And the cheap one is like staticky to like put my arms in the jacket. And then I have to like shimmy it around to make it look right. And like, then it still doesn't feel great. So yeah, I just feel like those are miles different. And what I've been working on this year is what you just said is having the courage to, if it is not a 10 out of 10 for me, it goes out of my closet. And I would so much rather wear the same thing twice, three times a week than put on stuff just for the sake of getting dressed and not feel the way that I want to. So that's what I've been working on is like really paring things down, which is very, very hard as a recovering shopper, really. So yeah, no, you know, it's, and it's hard and it's hard for everyone. And I'd be lying if I said it wasn't still hard for me. It is so hard, but the feeling that you have afterwards, it just, it, it's so much better than how bad you felt getting rid of it. You know, mm-hmm, and for sure, the truth, the truth of the matter is that when you do pare something down, you think you're going to miss it and think about it. And, oh, I wish I didn't get rid of that. But you probably aren't even going to remember you ever had it. No, is, no. Is yeah. And it will. I mean, you'll think about it less, if at all. And that's so much less stress, because when you're thinking about it now, it's like, oh, I don't know how to wear that thing. And it's driving exactly. me less. Now. It's taking up less mental space. And we all need for as sure. much mental space as possible because we, you yeah. know, we do a lot. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Okay. I want to get into what is on Julie's feel wealthy list. So do you want to hit me with what is number one for you? The first thing you can think of. So I think it's 
quality time with my family mm -hmm. uh, and just that that real presence with them when we are just laughing and having fun together just that feeling of like the I can hear my daughter's belly laugh and when I do I'm like oh, I need to do this more because a lot of the time you know we're like running around we feel stressed and we're not necessarily you know always in this like elated mood. And mm -hmm. I found that in those moments, I'm just happy and, and joyful. And so that's probably the number one thing on my list. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I also read that because I've been doing a lot of research into like nervous system regulation and things like that. It's like my current deep dive. And I'm like, okay, breath work is really good. You can like add minerals to your water. Like there's all kinds of like nutritional stuff and then just laughing. And I'm like, huh, well, that's like really earth shattering and simple, but like we don't, it's not even that we don't like make the time to laugh, but it's more, we don't make the space to allow those things to happen enough. And that is so, so powerful. So true. Yeah. What is number two on your list? Number two is experiences like travel and that time, you know, is so life giving. I love to see other cultures and just to have new experiences, be in new environments. I think it really stretches us makes us see how much more is out there. You know, Adam and I, Adam is my husband. We've been taking a, a lot of abroad trips recently. We went to Spain last summer. We were in Italy the year before that, and we're going to Greece this summer. And we're really just so excited planning those trips. And I, and they've been such amazing memories. And just the way that I feel when I'm there is it feels so wealthy, right? Like it just feels so full of, of life. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I'm definitely been saying more yes to. Yeah. It's also like such a style playground to travel abroad, because I know you've talked about this at length, but we're in this bubble of American women style. And it is so interesting compared to the rest of the world. Do you want to speak on that a little bit? Sure. It's funny. I did my, my team actually, they're all in, in Europe and oh, yeah. we're doing a piece of content on leggings and how, you know, we, <laughs> like everyone's stuck in leggings and Aurora who lives in France, she had to actually do research because she was like, <laughs> what? what? what I don't understand like light like people wear She's like tight because, <laughs> because it's such an Americanized thing this idea of athleisure was it, it's not it's not anywhere else and so ingrained in the culture in Europe is this you know I think that Americans go there and say oh they're just so casually effortlessly chic but that is just what they do. They wear a trouser, you know, in, instead of a sweatpant, you know, frumpy isn't really a category, you know, it's not an option. It's just something that they do. And there, it, it feels so effortless because it just has become a part of who they are. Mm -hmm. And so anyone can create that. And I think that it's hard a lot of the time for 
women in America, because we do see so much of that athleisure style. And so we start to feel like we're going to stick out if we're the one who's not in it. And then that comes with a whole mess of mind drama about being seen. And what will people think if I start dressing, you know, a little differently, will they ask me why, where are you going? Why, you know, and we start to, you know, get into that. And so it often leads you to feel, you know, safe and default back to those more comfortable outfits, right? Or in the leggings, which just a side note, I feel, I do not feel leggings are that comfortable and they show everything. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's, that's like a whole, I could do a whole, you know, a whole podcast on just that. But yes, it was so interesting to walk around and have conversations with Adam and see how they, you know, dress and just really get inspired by the confidence that, was really exuded too. And it was, it wasn't a lot of like overdone, made up, you know, big lashes and all this stuff. And it was very mm-hmm. natural, but just sort of part of who they were. And it is so cool to see that, but yes, very different than yeah. what I see here. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you mentioned like leggings aren't that comfortable. I feel like the, I mean, I'm not going to say that I never wear leggings in an oversized sweater as a toddler mom and it's cold and all of that kind of stuff. But I do think that it's a form, it's become a form of hiding for a lot of moms too, because the leggings are something that compresses you, kind of sucks you in. And then the sweatshirt hides everything else. And I think that that is, again, it's like being willing to be seen and like embrace your body as it is, is a very vulnerable thing. Um, And so I think it's layered. It's not just like choosing to put something else on. It's like changing what you think about yourself, literally, which I know, you know that, but yeah. What, what's, what's really interesting there that I, you know, it, it breaks my heart and what it's what most women don't realize, but you know, when you are trying to cover up and, and I used to do this too. So this is, yeah. you know, me included on this journey, but, you know, especially after kids putting on something oversized will often have the opposite effect that you think it's going to. Mm-hmm. And, and so it actually is making you feel worse when you think it's making you feel better to cover up. And this is what, this is when understanding how to dress your body comes into play. Right. Mm-hmm. And really starting to look at, where and how to accentuate and the fabrics that, you know, that will do the trick and, you know, really focusing on what we want to see instead of trying to just cover things up that we feel like we don't. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if you guys don't know your body shape, Julie has a workshop for that. I'm not sure if it's still for for sale, but (laughs) I do. I do. Awesome. We can share that at the end. Okay. Um, okay. What's number three on your feel wealthy list? Well, number three on my feel wealthy list is taking care of my self, mm. <laughs> you know, exercising and really taking care of, I'll start with my, one of them is my body. And then the other is really more internal. Mm-hmm. Although I think they feed on one another pun intended there. But everybody laughed, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But taking care of, I feel so good when I'm taking care of my body, when I'm exercising, I'm incorporating so much weightlifting in the last year, which I'm going to even amp up more this year. Mm -hmm. And I, so I feel stronger. And so 
that's just such been such a great way to feed myself and just to feel better going into my day. And then literally feeding myself and what I'm putting into my body. I'm having a big focus this year on, I'm, I'm generally a healthy eater, but really focusing on, you know, those whole foods and, and cutting out, you know, mostly anything processed. Not that I had a lot of it before, but you know how it is when you have kids and they want chip, you know, they want the pirate's booty. Mm -hmm. And I love, you know, goldfish and all that stuff. And you just take a few bites and it yeah. just anything that didn't make me feel good after I'm trying to eliminate and really just amp that up. And that makes me feel wealthy, mm -hmm. uh, just giving to myself and, you know, giving myself more energy as a result of that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And it's like trusting yourself that you know, what's going on inside your body and then like following through and eliminating those things or changing something. I saw a meme the other day that was like, my toxic trait is thinking that something that normally hurts my stomach is not going to hurt my stomach today. <laughs> and I feel like so many of us are like, Oh, I really don't feel great after I have this, but I want it anyway, sort of thing. And then that just like kind of compounds on each other when it comes to those decisions that you're making every moment of the day. And it results in you feeling terrible, but then we don't kind of like break it down to that root cause a lot of times. And so that can be really challenging. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's all, you know, habit building and even forming For that sure. new self image of someone who doesn't just turn to the things that always make you feel bad. Right. Like it, that's mm -hmm. a whole, um, that's a whole beast sort of in and of itself in terms of sure. patterns and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's do one more. What's next on your list. So, I mean, style is the obvious one, you know, so I don't necessarily want to do that one, but, but that is one I want to mention just continuing to up-level my own style and really invest into the pieces that are the ones that feel like the future version of me and really represent how I want to be perceived. So that's, you know, that's, that's the obvious one for me, but the other one that has been sort of life-changing for me in terms of feeling wealthy is in my meditating and visualizing process. Mm. So this is something I started to incorporate last year in the mornings. And it's not, you know, it doesn't take a long time. At least I don't do it for a long time, but I start my mornings with, it's just a Peloton meditation, usually five or 10 minutes. Mm. And then I'll move into journaling and then visualization and the visualization part, when you talk about feeling wealthy and feeling the things that you want to feel before it happens is really visualizing all the feelings you feel when you feel wealthy, essentially, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Feeling as you feel once you've achieved all those things and really, you know, looking into the future as if they've already happened and conjuring up that feeling to start your day. Mm -hmm. And that's been, it sounds so woo woo and, you know, but it has been such an amazing practice that I've incorporated or habit that I've incorporated into my life. And I notice on the days where I make time for it, I do feel, you know, wealthier or, you know, more elevated throughout the day. Whereas when I, you know, wake up late or, or don't have time for it, it just sets a different tone for the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you, whenever you're visualizing, 
this is a weird question. Are you just like sitting there or like, do you kind of write things out as you're visualizing or you journal and then you visualize it? How does that usually work for you? So I journal and then I visualize. So okay. journaling is, is sort of separate. And then I will put on my, well, I have my, you know, meditation music going. It's just from YouTube. I always Googled the same thing and choose the same, the same song. Mm-hmm. And I close my eyes It's dark in my house. No one else is awake at that time. I have my coffee mm-hmm. and I just close my eyes and listen to the music. And I just start to think about what I want and then mm-hmm. visualize as if it's happening. And, you know, a lot of athletes do this and, you know, it's interesting how once you, once I started doing this and then I started, you know, noticing and and listening to things and, and so many very successful or high level, you know, people, celebrities, athletes, they've been doing this for years. And mm-hmm. so it's just so interesting to visualize yourself with that sort of, you know, end result achieved. And it really does bring you those feelings, even if it's for a few moments, like it just feels so nice. It feels, Mm -hmm. it feels really, really good. And then I'll open my eyes and then the day start, you know, then I'll go do my exercise, come up and, you know, shower, get ready for the day. But that also sets the tone for what I wear for the day. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and how I want to feel based on what my goals are for the future. This is a process that I've even put into chic Mm -hmm. at the beginning and really developing those habits and and creating an environment that sets you up for that so that you can take control of your day. And then it's almost like, you know, a runway of a plane you are just setting yourself up and then you put those clothes on that make you feel good. And then the rest of your day, you can just take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I a hundred percent align with that. And I do the same thing when it comes to journaling and visualization. I think it's so interesting about the athlete thing though, because I feel like what's hard in being just like, I mean, I call us like just regular humans. I feel like we're a, a little bit above regular, but we're not like Olympians, obviously, but they have something so specific to like visualize. And for you, you have to create the end result that you want, and then you visualize that. And so I think a lot of people just get stuck at that. Like they don't, they either don't know what they want and they make themselves wrong for that, or they kind of waver and waffle or think like, oh, I can't have that or whatever. And so they stop themselves. Whereas I feel like an Olympic athlete is like, well, I'm going to be swimming 800 meters. So I'm going to visualize 800 meters the best way that I can. So I think it's so interesting to think about like, okay, how can you decide what you want? Have you struggled with that at all? I think that it's more allowing yourself to dream about what you want. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the, that's the difference. And it's, you know, self-doubt creeps in whether you're an Olympic athlete or, you know, you're 25 starting a business, you know, the doubt creeps, it creeps in. And we happen to know my husband played in the NFL and we have a lot of friends that are very high level athletes. And I can assure you that we're looking at people who are at that level thinking, well, they don't have any more self-doubt because they have so much evidence and they have a whole lot of Mm self-doubt they have just created, you know, they are, they are disciplined to continue 
and to work on that mental piece as well. And even Tom Brady talks about that piece of it and he, mm -hmm. you know, his mindset and how he is self-doubting. And we might think Tom Brady, how could he, but we're yeah. all looking at each other thinking that we're not all going through the same things. And so I think it's less about knowing what you want and allowing yourself to want what you want, because mm. at the end of the day, you're the only person who really knows what that is. And I think we just hold ourselves back because we have that self doubt. And mm. that's where, you know, creating that confidence and creating the new self image of or identity and really embodying the person who is capable of those things. I mean, that's, I, that was, that's exactly what my journey has been. Mm -hmm, right. I went from sure. never thinking that I was afraid to even post a picture of myself on social media, mm -hmm. let alone, you know, being going on TV now and, and being online for all these years and in front of thousands of people, you know, that's so if I had at the beginning said, well, I, I'm just, you know, I just pushed through the resistance of it mm -hmm. to start to give myself evidence that whatever I want really is possible for me. And anyone can can do that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Thank you. That is super helpful to hear. And I think that reminder is so needed that we kind of are all going through life thinking that we're the only people who have this brain trash and that's not true. So <laughs> yeah, we all have it. It's just that not a lot of people talk about it because it's vulnerable one, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not sexy to talk about. And it's personal, right? That's yeah. like getting into your personal stuff. So I don't think it's that, you know, people just want to put up this front of I'm so confident. I think just a lot of people don't know how to even talk about it, but mm -hmm. it's comforting to know that no matter what level you are, everyone is dealing with the same mind drama. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of controlling it and, and pulling yourself back in and yeah. really taking those thoughts and, and shifting them. And then showing up as the version of yourself that you want to be because you're the only person who can control that, which is mm -hmm. why I'm so passionate about using style as a tool to do that. Cause when you're looking yeah. in the mirror and seeing what you want to see, your reticular activating system is, is looking for evidence all the time to prove true what that is. And so the more that you can sort of dress the part and then start to embody what that is, the more you will believe that the things that you want are possible for you. Mm -hmm preach. So good. <laughs> okay. With, on that note, I have one more question for you. That's kind of a little bit of a spin on what I typically ask people. I'm curious what you are wanting to step into in terms of your style this year, because I know that you are always up-leveling that and you're kind of doing that in conjunction with where you want your life to go. So I'm curious if there's anything specific that you're like, oh, I want to do more of that in my style this year or anything like that. Yeah, I think I just have this like wanting to elevate this like feeling of wanting to elevate and I'm I'm still working through what that looks like but mm -hmm. I think it looks like being a little bit more more dressy actually mm -hmm. than I, I typically than I typically am I think you know all of us especially as moms can fall into that you know sort of falling in between that casual you know and so I think that for me it's it's just a little more dressy mm -hmm. than I've been for lack of a better word or description. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Do you find that as you are continuing to like 
up level in your style, for lack of a better word, that you have a hard time finding evidence of it or like specific pictures to kind of like visualize, does that get harder and harder or almost easier because you can go like the super elevated route or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all have those moments of, and still I do too, of, you know, is it good enough or, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, it's, it's about then controlling that thought before, before it spirals, but it's not so much that I haven't collected evidence for it. It's more that it's this, you know, process day in and day out of, you know, really integrating it into my mm-hmm. more casual life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is always the balance to, to strike. And so, you know, continuing to just invest in those higher quality pieces and being really intentional about what I'm, you know, allowing in and and what I'm projecting. And then for me, a big one right now is, you know, what I'm going to be wearing on TV, because those moments are, you know, that's like, you're really in front of a lot of people. And it's, you know, this moment of, wow, I've come a long way from, you know, back then to, to now. And it's just like an outward reflection of that. So Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting for me to step into those outfits and say, you know, like, hopefully it will help me collect more evidence and I'll be very confident in what, in what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's a journey for us all. It's yes. always an evolution. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to see everything that you conquer this year. I would love for you to share where people can find you, where they can join chic so that they can hang out with me in there because I'm in there <laughs> all the yes. things. Yeah. So the biggest place I hang out is on Instagram at Julie Kraus XO. So J-U-L-I-E-K-R-A-U-S-X-O, like hugs and kisses. And then my website is www.juliekraus.com, which will also have everything. But in my Instagram bio is a link to my podcast, my workshops, some free resources, all the info for my chic program you'll find there. Um, but if you have any questions or you know, want to connect after this episode, I do, you know, handle all of my DMs. I don't, you know, hand, I don't outsource that to anyone. And so that is where I hang out if you want to come connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for all of the tidbits today and sharing a little bit of the behind the scenes with us. And I hope that I will chat with you again at some point on the podcast, but I know I will see you soon. So thank you so much. Thank you. This is so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in on this episode of the Feel Wealthy Show. If you love it here, then be sure to leave a five-star rating or review for the podcast. When you leave a five-star rating or review, you'll actually be entered to win the Feel Wealthy feature of the month. That's where I snail mail you something from my very own Feel Wealthy list as a thank you for supporting the podcast. I'm also a firm believer that the highest form of flattery is a recommendation, so I would be honored if you'd shout us out on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Jess Jordana so I can gush in thanks in the DMs. It really means so much. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, I hope you remember that an absolutely essential part of creating real tangible wealth in your life is choosing to feel wealthy now instead of waiting for later. Talk to you soon.